Sh-sh-sh-sh-shark! That's the theme of this month's Devil Times 5 as we ask, great white or a load of old shite? And so begins a sixth year of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast with me, Cliff, and my very fishy friends, Bryony, Luke, and Emily. Hey. And we're joined today by a guy whose comedy career has taken him across the shark-infested seven seas, or at the very least he's flown to Australia and back a few times. It's comedian Nick Coppin. Hey, everyone. Hello, Nick. Um, So, Nick, I thought of you for this episode for the tenuous reason that your latest show was called There Is No Shark. And uh, that comes from a routine about telling a joke that involved a shark pun. Oh, yeah, something like that. The show's actually just shark, even though it probably should be called There Is No Shark. But that kind of gives it away. But yes, I told a really silly shark pun joke uh, in Adelaide at the Fringe. uh, And someone just did not get it at all. Uh, and I had to explain it. So the kind of the show's all about that and a bit of, you know, how silly audiences can be and a bit of deconstruction of the joke and comedy. Well, if there's one thing we can't abide on this podcast, it's puns. So I'm to have none of that here, please. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Nick, how's Finns? <laughs> Finns? Oh, 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 dearie me, here we go. <laughs> Finns are not bad. Have you, though? Have you ever actually swam with the Barracuda off Bondi or come face to face with the Great Whites of Gold Coast? I I sadly have not. The closest I think I've ever been is actually uh, about three feet away from a dolphin that swam fastest at bullet speed to catch a fish. But I've never actually seen a shark. So as far as I'm concerned, maybe there they don't no really shark. exist. There yeah. is no shark as far as I'm concerned. All right. Well, let's get back on dry land for a moment and see what other horrors we've been watching over the last few weeks. Luke, we'll start with you. What are your highs and lows? Uh, my high is the new Scream. Um, Scream oh, okay. 5. Uh, I just thought it was a really fun sequel. It pays a lot of homages um, to the original. I didn't think it was as good as Scream 4, but it's nice to see Radio Silence making some pretty good horrors like this now, and this is just a a really fun slasher with some actual proper gory moments. It was good to see an 18-rated horror in in the cinema. I haven't watched it. I'm not really into Scream. I just can't stand those three lead characters. They really piss me off. I really enjoy the franchise. It's a bit of a fun, fun slasher. Anyone else caught that yet? Yeah, I saw it yesterday. Um, Uh Because I've I've mentioned before that my boyfriend has an aversion to horror apart from Evil Dead and Saw, but it turns out he quite likes Scream as well. So, um, (laughs) yeah, we went to see that. And, yeah, it's a a solid slasher. I mean, they bring it into what what you'd kind of expect they would do with a Scream requel, as they call it in there, which is a fairly obnoxious word for it, but I kind of see what they mean. But, yeah, it's it's a fun couple of hours. And, yeah, the the gore's pretty good. And it's quite nice to see something that kind of looks good, is well-directed and has fun gore effects that don't look too cgi like there's a scene where someone's got a blade in their throat and it looks disgusting and horrible, but it also it doesn't look like a screensaver. Basically, it doesn't look like the film I just watched, which is on our watch list for this month. But yeah, but yeah, it's it's a fun one. All right, well, they are the most convincing things that I've heard to like make me want to see it because uh, everyone else has just been going things like "Yes, Sydney," which is like "No, fuck off, Sydney." Should have been killed three films ago. <laughs> uh, and you're low, Luke. My low is a film called The Cahasset Snuff Film. It's meant to be about these people that have discovered this snuff film being kept in a museum of serial killers, and there's been this serial killer in the town of Cahasset. Like, I thought it was going to be a disturbing film, but every single bit that's meant to be snuff is someone just figured out, oh, I can do a blood splat effect on the camera, and you never actually see anyone get (laughs) killed on camera. You just see them fall to the floor get stabbed or hit by this guy and then blood sprays on the camera 
the acting is terrible and everyone actually sounds like they've got the script in front of them the whole film and it's meant to be played like a mockumentary as well it's just one of the worst things I've seen in a long time alright um, who next Bryony uh, I'll start with Milo um, I watched Old which came out last year the idea was nice <laughs> the film got old very quickly okay. um, M. Night Man I like schlocky M. Night I love The Happening um, this one of my favourite films because it's so shit but yeah Old had a couple of like cool bits in it like body horror stuff but it wasn't good and I was watching it and I knew I wasn't watching it to enjoy it I was watching it to go well this isn't very good but I'll have something to talk about on the podcast <laughs> so don't watch Old um, my high is a telly show it's on Netflix uh, just came out called Archive 81 it's so good I'm only about five episodes in um, it's so good I wanted to cancel recording the podcast today because I don't give a shit about sharks but I really really like this TV show what if it was Shark Eye of 81 <laughs> no it's a really good um, spooky mystery it's um, it's brilliant it's based on a podcast so there's hope for us guys um, <laughs> we're going to be uh, turned into yeah. a 12 part Netflix series are we yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that going to so happen? Spooky. It got made after they had made 82 episodes, so we've got to get to, you Ooh, know... Ooh, got another 82 episodes. Oh, but we're on 61 or something now. <laughs> yeah, 61. Okay, nearly there, nearly there. But no, it's really good. It's really worth a look. It's um, The acting is good. The spookiness is very good. Um, It's like, you know, Satan, sci-fi. It's all the shit I like, basically. Just like spooky willowy ladies who are scared and um men who are following them it's great listeners who would you cast in the netflix 12-part series of devil times five who would play us let us know devil x5 on twitter i want to be played by dustin from stranger things is that a bloke yes yes you don't watch you don't watch netflix so we don't get it he's just funny looking and so am i all right Okay. okay. No, that's <laughs> um, I'll go next. Um, my low <laughs> is some Spanish shit from 1972 called Murder Mansion. It's a gothic horror. It's very disappointing because a load of couples hide out in a um, mansion to take shelter from the fog uh, and they don't then proceed to all take their clothes off and fall into bed with each other. And oh. there's hardly any murders. So it's all a bit of a waste of time, really. Does it's it very... at least have a very, very oily sex scene like that Satan film that we watched? No, nothing like that. It's very PG rated. No, no it's tits. Complete, complete waste of everyone's time, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Uh, my high is a film that we talked about when we recorded last uh, month's episode except it didn't make the edit but I just want to shout out to his house because it's so good it's so oh, it's, it's so scary it's so touching and moving and um, it feels an important film and uh, then I watched the end credits and it turned out the camera operator is called Chunky Richmond so I just think that, just make, that makes a brilliant film even better. <laughs> it's, it's amazing to think they had such control over that film. How make it so scary when fucking old Chunky Richmond's barreling around the place, holding the camera <laughs> in overly jolly fashion, you know. <laughs> Maybe Chunky Richmond is actually like a willowy goth man or lady that, can, that and it's kind of an ironic name, like big people being called tiny. Oh, you reckon? No, no, yeah. I think Chunky Richmond. I, rec- I reckon Remy Weeks, the director, was all like, you know, why is there some Haribo in shot? 
<laughs> chunky, chunky rich man. You've left and your he's, Haribo in shot and he, again. He's got like, <laughs> he's, oh, uh, yeah, he's like, Ooh, and he's got like the remains of a jam donut on his face. And they're like, yeah. mate, can you not? Come take this wasps following you. Come on now, <laughs> chunky. What's he like? I oh, know. It must be difficult to make a film with chunky rich man knocking about. But there you go. They managed it. He's obviously a consummate professional. He's a legend. Uh, Nick, what's your highs and lows of recent horror watching? Uh, well, a low would be I recently watched because um, I've, I've watched them all, so I had to go and watch, watch it. I had to check it out. It was um, Halloween Kills. That okay. was because I loved that those movies because they were just ridiculous, and you know you just can't seem to kill Michael Myers. And I'm like, oh, they're going to kill him, and I just thought it was good because it had all those classic Halloween things about it. But uh, and it was really great because it started off really well in that they brought like. Like the kids, the babysat kids from the. I thought, oh, what a good idea! Bring the kids back, and then it just turned into this really awful. Um, as as a mob, we're going to get him, and it just became this thing about mobs and about whatever. And I mean, it all ended up being a little bit silly in the end. I won't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it yet about how it ends. But it did end quite funny, and you know, there's that kind of like, have you not learned anything, people? Um, but yeah, it just dissolved into just silliness. Well. Like silly movies anyway but um, so that was a bit of a low Brian is low of the year wasn't it what? was it yeah. oh, <laughs> evil dies tonight yeah. yeah so you can feel my sort of pain then because I didn't hate it but it was just like a bit disappointing that they could have easily done much better with it it's just a bit smug yeah my high was as much as yes I have watched quite a few shark movies I love werewolf movies they're probably my favourite horror movies and I recently watched Silver Bullet again Okay. Which is no an American wealth in London, which is obviously tip top five star in my opinion, but I absolutely love Silver Bullet. It's again silliness, um, but it's got Corey Haim, uh, you know, Gary Busey. It's just, you know, got some solid performances, some sort of tense moments in it, and it was great to watch it again. I used to be a fan of Corey Haim and, you know, obviously survived a werewolf attack and died of a prescription drugs overdose. I mean, you know, what are the chances? But yeah, so that was my high recently, watching Silver Bullet again. I love that movie. Am I totally misremembering it, or is there a scene where someone in a wheelchair gets thrown into a tree, up a tree, and gets stuck <laughs> up there? Well, he's, he's basically, Corey Haim is wheelchair bound and he climbs a tree and then can't get down. Oh, is that um, what it is? He doesn't get stuck up there in the wheelchair, right? Yeah, okay. no, he, he, I think he, he basically climbs up there, I think, to get a kite, his friend, release his friend's kite or something, and then he gets stuck there, and his sister has to help him down, because he's got a real, you know, that sort of relationship with his sister, like he's the younger brother, and she's always got to help him, and she gets annoyed, and, you know, obviously they end up being, oh, we love each other really at the end. I might have been dozing off when I watched it, and just sort of, you know, when you'd like half dream that something's happening. Like, did that really happen in that film? Like, his wheelchair ended up up the tree. I don't know. <laughs> no, his wheelchair was not up the tree. No. All right. Okay. Emily. Um, I've got two highs. Um, that sounds like I'm showing off. Um, uh, the first one is something which took me completely by surprise because I was around at a friend's house and it was just like, let's put this load of old bollocks on while we have dinner. Um it's a Kiwi film from 2014 called Killer Sofa. I thought you were going to say your dinner was a Kiwi fruit. <laughs> I love Killer Sofa. It's really good. It's a good example of how you do a schlocky movie well, but kudos to whoever it was, because it's, spoiler alert, it's not actually a sofa, it's a lazy boy recliner. Yeah. <laughs> they originally had a sort of punning title involving the words lazy boy, and then they were like, oh, no, wait, we're going to get sued. So they called it Killer Sofa. Wasn't it called Lazy Boy Lover? 
It was something ridiculous like that. Yeah, well, I suppose the, the spirit that's in the sofa is a dibuk, so it's the kind of ghost that latches onto people. So I suppose the idea is that the spirit of the evil man is obsessed with the girl whose apartment it ends up in. I so want to spoil the ending of that film because it's so amazing. Yeah, it's... But I'm not going to because it's... I mean, watch Killer Sofa. It's so It's good. really good. But kudos to them for giving so much character to just a, a chair. Yeah. And it, it's just endless scenes. And I never got tired of this, of people looking up at the girl's apartment and you can see the chair and it's, it looks like it's got looking a little at, face yeah. and it's like scowling at them. And that never stopped being funny. It's got some genuinely funny moments in it. It's very well directed. And um, yeah, I want to see what else the director's done. It's got a twist worthy of the Saw films. Yes, it does. It's a um, fine piece of work. There's a few things that the director's made, There's including a post-apocalyptic movie in which all bald men are on the run from the government or something, <laughs> which, sounds, which sounds mad, but if anyone can pull it off, it's the guy that made Killer Sofa. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try it. Hang on, that's not, it's not Blue Sunshine, is it? <laughs> it no, it's Blue not Sunshine. Blue Sunshine. It's called something like Baldopolyps or something. It's, <laughs> it's got a very, very silly title, but okay. yeah. Killer Sofa was cracking. And the other one, absolutely no surprise given how much I bang on about folk horror on here, but Shudder have finally got the documentary Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, yeah. which is over three hours long and is fascinating. And it's a kind of sort of visual poem slash essay slash excuse for me to make a list of really obscure films that I'll never be able to find anywhere. And absolutely loved it. I think they were wrong about Bagpuss, though. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's one guy who's just like, well, yes, one thing that folk horror does evoke is childhood things that are spooky. So that makes me think about Bagpuss. And I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, Bagpuss is a little bit spooky, but it doesn't fit in with that part. No. I think it was just someone who just wanted to see Bagpuss. And, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Uh, it's always nice to see Bagpuss. This is true. Yeah. It's called The Baldlands, <laughs> that film that you were. The, the Baldlands. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's a bit close to ball bags, but, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let me just write that down. Not the, not the joke I just made. Would just writing ball bags. <laughs> Hang on, let me just write ball bags. <laughs> right. Uh, who's up for a deep dive? And our first feature this month is uh, Jean-Marie Collet-Serra's 2016 movie, The Shallows. You come over here. I'm good here, thank you. Hey sis. Hey. I just want to let you know I made it here. Mom was right. It took forever to find, but it's perfect. What did you say the name of this place was? This is paradise. A surfer gets stranded on a rock, unable to swim back to the shore because there's a hungry shark on the prowl and it's already given her a deep gash. (laughs) (laughs) Her words, she says that. Uh, Luke, you picked this as our first feature. (laughs) Big fan. Yeah, uh, I enjoy it. I do think it's a little bit silly at times and the seagull is the best actor in the whole film no real seagull as well or real seagulls real seagull? yeah just a little tiny man with seagulls too. <laughs> <laughs> like a little puppet oh. 
<laughs> what do you think, Mr. Seagull? You say it's Warwick Davis in the Seagull class. <laughs> <laughs> Vern Troyer. <laughs> I feel like the Seagull was never actually meant to be in the film because that's the first time she gets on the rock. I remember seeing the cinema and when they first do that whole spinning round her and the seagulls there, I was like, has the seagull just landed in the shot by mistake? <laughs> and then because the seagulls now stood there, they're like, we've now got to put them in the film. And because they both had a bad leg in the end, they had to put that story into it. Yeah, I think the way they get rid of the shark is quite silly. It doesn't really make complete sense. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, most of these shark movies don't. But I still I still think it's a fun one, um, sort of a one location movie. But it's done in a good way. I mean, for a PG-13... That business with the leg is so horrible. Like the first time I watched it, I almost had to look away from the screen and I love gore, but it's so nasty. It's a good gash. It looked very deep and very unwelcoming. Um, (laughs) And yeah, because when she was doing the surgery on herself with her fucking necklace and her Mm. earrings, that was really horrible. I mean, it was nice to see a shark (laughs) film with like a somewhat competent lead in it. Mm. Um, who was doing the stuff that kind of made sense. The only thing I didn't get was why she was so nice to the seagull, but I realised that I live in Brighton and seagulls are like the devil. Because <laughs> um, honestly, I was waiting for her to fucking kill it and eat it, because when she ate the crab, it was like, mate, there's a fucking chicken there, like, eat that. I didn't realise for the longest time that the seagull was injured, because I've seen like nature documentaries where seagulls will like peck the back of other birds' heads to get the blood out. So I thought it had been pecking her wound. And then I was like, oh, no, wait. And I was like, no, don't save it. It's trying to kill you. But no, it wasn't trying to kill her. It was just hanging out. I think because he's not a Brighton seagull, he was like a friendly (laughs) seagull. I think they're friendlier and smaller. It's like, so Japan has ravens, like crows and shit. Their crows are like our seagulls. And Mexico must have just like pleasant, like lovely seagulls who are like, Mm. oh, hello, I'm going to help you. (laughs) Oh, look at us stuck in the, Look at the pair of us. What are we like stuck in the rock? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I thought he had blood from her. Yeah. On, and I mm. thought, okay, why don't you just fly off? It's like, oh, it's nice of you to keep her company. And I was like, oh, your wing's busted. That's why you've got the blood. Um, and I, like I said, I thought maybe he'd been having a, a peck at the... Uh, her, the wounds, her, yeah, especially uh, she, she wakes up and there's a seagull with blood on its wing and you're like, ugh. Sorry, is, yeah. the, um, is the theme of this month's episode seagull films? Yeah, because we want to talk about no the shark. No one gives a, bit. a shit about shark um, We've had enough. We need to go on to seagulls. I love a shark movie. I'd rather watch seagulls. I'd rather watch Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. It's a good film. But, the um, seagull sequel. <laughs> but I did like the the one location thing. A bit like you say about that movie Old. It's almost this small scene. I think to to pull off a movie pretty much in just the same place all the time. Uh, must be, you know, you've, you've got to rely on a pretty decent, I don't know, script and concept. And I thought The Shallows pulled that off quite well. Yeah, there's quite a few of these in the in the shark genre. The first gross bit is where she has to take refuge on the dead whale, which is horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got some good grossness. But I could have sworn, because this is the second time I watched it, I could have sworn the ending, the epilogue, you'd find out that she's lost her leg and she's using a prosthetic. Now, that must be some completely different film. Oh, the epilogue was really unnecessary, wasn't it? Yeah, just her going surfing with her sister. That's it, with a scar. Yeah. Yeah, it was very tactile feel-good. It wasn't, wasn't necessary at all. I mean, it's already got a kind of feel-good ending in that she's not dead, she's been saved, yeah. and she sees her mum. We've already seen her have an image of her mum when she's rescued, so you don't need to have the... Oh, I don't care that her mum's dead. I didn't care. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, other than when she was, like, tying up her leg and shit. I don't care about American women going surfing. I don't care. 
I don't care that I don't know Spanish. I don't know Spanish. I hate sharks. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that's been my reaction earlier on today. It wasn't just I hate sharks, but I'm actually starting to question how I feel about the medium of cinema in general. <laughs> but um, with um, The Shallows, there's bits that are quite cheesy and there's bits that are like, I don't, don't care. But she, she is a more kind of like solid character. She's more capable than some of the people in some of the other movies and the one thing I did find with this film is it made me incredibly anxious and I think it was kind of supposed to so yeah. accomplished like how is she going to pull this off there was already quite a lot of like heightened danger like she's off on her own her mates like abandoned her you can tell she's quite an uptight person and there's like mm-hmm. going away on holiday is quite dangerous as a woman and especially you're in the middle of the water with like no way of defending yourself that's quite so it's like it played quite well on that what is it you don't like about sharks you just find them uninteresting or yeah, it's just like, you see one shark and it's like, I get it, but just like, get the fuck out of the walk, go for a walk or something. Go for a walk? Well, there's so many ways to avoid getting eaten by a shark. And it's like, oh no, I'm definitely going to do it. And it's just like, none of these films had any like, real, it's like, make good time. I mean, I think, I think if the character in The Shallows just said, oh, fuck it, I'll just go for a walk then she wouldn't last that long. <laughs> what, in, in the ocean, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I just, I don't care about sharks. Like, I don't care about, well, I do care about nature as a sort of wider thing, but in, in films, I like, <laughs> it's not like a, a serial killer where it's like, oh shit, but why? Oh no. Uh. It's like, well, yeah, a shark's going to fucking bite you. He's a shark. There's no surprise there. He's a fucking shark and you're bleeding and it's nature. I've got an issue with the shark in the shallows, which is he bites that guy clean in half. Doesn't actually mm. eat anything. Well, that's just unnecessary. It's just a prick. That's what it is. It's not yeah. just that he's a shark. He's an asshole as well. It's yeah. And it's like, <laughs> a lot of the films they try and sort of give like motive and reason, other than it's just like it's a shark, and there's not much you can do if it's a shark. It's like oh no, it's it's a angry shark. He's angry because his dad left him. Angry shark, dude. Well, this is that was the thing with that revenge-seeking shark in was it Jaws Four? It's like the sharks don't have that sort of intellect. But Mm. the thing with the shallows that immediately struck me was you've got this big chunky whale there you could be eating but you'd rather be eating skinny little humans which you know like why don't you just eat the whale maybe he'd eaten enough whale and he wanted to change yeah <laughs> a palate cleanser it's like Christmas like a couple of days after you're like I don't want any more turkey but I'm going to eat it want some twiglets give me some twiglets <laughs> <laughs> and does that shark never fucking go to sleep I don't think sharks do sleep I don't think they do yeah, can't they drown yeah. no that's not true <laughs> that is actually true no because some right. sharks can actually pump water through there yeah that's true yes I, I was, there was me thinking oh they don't know they're sharks I could pull one over on them no they know okay alright <laughs> I mean they, they they might not sleep but they're not constantly hunting they're just always moving they haven't got necks so they can't look back they're always moving forward does that mean if you played a shark don't look back in anger it would be like I don't understand this Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, as regular listeners know, we cover two features each episode, and in between them, we chat about a selection of other relevant movies. So I guess we need to talk about the most important and groundbreaking shark movie of them all, Ouija Shark from 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Absolute quality, that was. That was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of these films have animatronic sharks, and some of them have CGI sharks, and some of them use real sharks. Hand puppet. It's and as yeah, we just shot like a just bath a hand. toy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, no, when, when I used to get you know on top of the shampoo bottles, it's like that. <laughs> yeah, when that shark first appeared chasing someone, I laughed so hard. It was yeah. it was amazing. I thought this is brilliant. 
That was such a great shark. We should explain the chasing to, to the <laughs> listeners at home. So I didn't mind this one. It was still fucking awful and it's what made me stop. And I didn't even bother watching a, a final one today. So it's it's a ghost shark and it's on land. So that's that's your difference between well, the rest of the flying. Technically it's, it's not flying. on land, it's flying. It, it flies along the land in like some national park. <laughs> which I think I think they were going for a cabin in the woods but they just found the local park it flies through the ether and it eats people by making them disappear yes and then it yeah. roars which sharks don't do and that took me right out of it I'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> ghost dad versus shark in, in you know dead that amazing you don't get much better than that in any film really. that was that was quite that good. scene was mad yes i quite enjoyed that <laughs> and uh, also i really laughed a lot at the scene where they're hiding in a cabin and the shark is looking in the window <laughs> it's, just, it's outside and it's just drifting up to the window and you know you can move through walls He's that's what that i thought oh, well, cut, to go through the wall you can go through the wall right uh, go through the wall. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> what i don't like is you're making this sound good and enjoyable it's no great. it's not it's fucking terrible but there are a couple of funny bits was the point I was. it's an to experience make. acting worse than any cheap poor movie ever oh not that i've seen poor movies but the acting is so bad it's hilarious my favorite is the, the girl who just fucks off and she's away for the whole movie and she just goes like to the back garden she sees a very average like beer bellied neighbour and she's like ooh he's so sexy and you, that's clearly the director or some or like one of his mates and he's washing his Honda car and she's like oh hi can I help and that's her for the whole film she's gone she's just washing a car I mean I couldn't help but notice that the women in this are generally very busty quite plain looking it has to be said they're not like beautiful big-titted women there he's obviously got a type this director and i felt like i was watching his personal perv catalogue um yeah. they did try to act though didn't they well we watched black devil doll from hell last month which is a, mm. an experience as far as bad movies go and there's a scene in there where clearly someone's been told to improvise and he runs out of what he's going to do because all he's learned to do is to say hey mama to get a woman's attention when he's trying to sell her stuff so yeah. it's like hey mama look at this great stuff um hey mama look at this great stuff this is like that only they haven't even been given directions as to what to do. So they're literally just, have we got any coffee? I don't know. Let's have a barbecue. It was great. Hey, where's Shelley gone? It's so annoying. The barbecue is amazing because they don't show cooking of any of the food. No. They basically go, let's make food. And then they cut to clearly unused plates going, yes. that was amazing. I cannot eat another thing. And it's like, <laughs> the, the plates haven't been used. You've got the condiments, but there's no, what's going on? And then they have this weird song, which again, I think is probably by the, the producer or the director. And it's like, <laughs> you were my girl and then you were a slut and you left me. And it's playing over this like supposed sexy bit. And it's like, ah, oh, you whine in. Uh -huh. I hate you, you're a bitch yeah. and a whore. And it's just yes. like, why? And the guy that's meant to be the sexy neighbour, the main thing that he does, and brilliantly he does this when they have a, you have been watching kind of end credits, is he just nods, he just nods like this. Yeah. Which is a phenomenon I've noticed at rock concerts that I like to call man rock face. Um, <laughs> except he looks more smug, he's not doing the serious rock face. And then she takes her top off and the bra is like something that you get as a little girl from Marks and Sparks as your first training bra. Yes. It was very off-putting. I'm so confused about who this film is made by, who it's for. I get the feeling that they must have said to the actresses, look, just bring a bra to wear. And she's like, well, I'm not using one of my good ones. I'll get this one no. in the back of the cupboard. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> well, it's made by a guy called Brett Kelly or Scott Patrick. And he's 
made about 30 feature films in 20 years. So okay. you'd think he'd have got better at it. <laughs> Do um, they all have an amazing twist like this one? Oh, they? well, you know, I'm not going to uh. even watch Jurassic Shark or Raiders of the Lost Shark, but um, <laughs> they're among his others. Has he got a whole cinematic universe going? I, 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 I don't want any part of it. No, 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 I'm kind of intrigued just to if he if he has done it. Do you think the actor in it who plays the hooded figure is called Miles Long? Do you think that's his real name? <laughs> Do you think that was the real Trump they got at the end there? Oh, yeah, it, it takes some talent to find such a bad Donald Trump impersonator. Doesn't yeah, what it? the hell? Hey, just oh. the hands. I need to know what that accent was meant to be. They obviously didn't have the budget for the fake tan, so they made him look like he'd just been weed on, so he was slightly <laughs> yellow. Well, I mean, there is that piss tape. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought they were alluding to. Anyone who's never seen his film but had no idea. Like, all this makes complete sense to us. And this is how insanity starts. Yeah. It makes complete sense. But anyone listening to this will be like, no, they finally, they've gone. So at the end of this film, cuts to a shadowy figure calling up Donald Trump. And a Donald Trump person is like, that's great. It's going to be huge. Operation Ouija Stark. Why? 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 I hate sharks. I hate this film. I hate you. I hate... Sharks. And did you notice how slowly the end credits roll? <laughs> oh, I, I switched off. It's like the film had lost the will to live by the end. That's why the end credits had like... Well, I must admit, the Donald Trump bit did completely baffle me and I didn't get why it was there at all. However, in the credits, since you mentioned them, I did love that there was a shot of Ouija Shark over the pool and it said Ouija Shark as Ouija Shark. He actually oh, yeah. played himself. I mean, how cool uh, is that? <laughs> um, I hate sharks. Fucking hate them. <laughs> what do you say, Bridie? You know, you hate sharks. <laughs> Are you meaning just a film? You don't hate sharks in real life, do you? No, I mean, I've seen a shark in real life and he was cool because he wasn't a prick <laughs> and he wasn't like dragging all this attention away from me. I could have been spent watching it something like good. I could have been outside having a run. I could have been talking to my loved ones. You don't go outside and have a run. I mean, I could have, though, but I didn't because I was watching fucking Shark. I don't talk to my loved ones either. The reason I pick shark movies is because there's like 10 that get released every single year. And like, <laughs> I, I do watch all of them, so I was like, I need all of you to watch all these <laughs> terrible shark movies as well. I need you to feel my pain. So it's like a therapy thing. I wish you'd told us this before. <laughs> I wish you'd just done like some crayon drawings to express your feelings rather than pull me into this. <laughs> I don't want any part of this. So Luke is responsible for choosing this month's watch list. Um, was, yeah. Had you seen had you seen 2009's Jaws in Japan, aka Psycho Shark, before? No, I hadn't, because all I saw was the poster and thought, yeah, this is definitely going to be about a big shark. Yeah. And it wasn't. It no, wasn't. it's so weird. I liked it. It's so weird. It's very, very weird. But also, I don't know if this was just me being thick, but for some reason I couldn't get subtitles to work, so I was just watching it without subtitles <laughs> and going, I'll see if I can figure out what's going on. No, Cliff uploaded it without subtitles. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, shit, yeah, I yeah. Sub- yeah, I got no oh, subtitles, mate. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what is going on? So I kind of like skipped to what I thought were important bits. Then I thought, okay, well, <laughs> there doesn't seem to be a shark. There's blood. There's some weird filming stuff going on. And then there's a guy with a knife and a giant shark. <laughs> I just thought, if I could get subtitles, this would be quite fascinating, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it, I mean, the, the dialogue is completely, you know, worthless. It's, it's <laughs> almost as inane as in um, Ouija Shark. But... Well, they're, they're, at the beginning, there's, there are two words in English that I caught the girls saying. One of them was sexy and the other one was bikini. So I was just like, well, yeah, those are scenes of girls. Isn't that what the whole tra- film is? Pretty much, yeah. So what it reminded me a bit 
was those older Japanese films like Entrails of a Virgin and Entrails of a Beautiful Woman. But rather than them being like borderline porn, they're just, you know, look at these women in bikinis. So there's a lot of that. And then there's these weird flashes of like flashbacks or whatever of a woman covered in blood in a shower. There's little voyeuristic eyes and cameras and a reference to a guy with a knife. And it's like, what the fuck is this? But I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got some interesting stuff about it, but it was just kind of like, this is very strange. So I found it unsettling because it just isn't playing by the rules at all. It's just, yeah. it's just like repetitive and odd and you don't know where it's going and then all of a sudden the final scene is enormous shark appears out of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing that doesn't make any sense with every single poster they did like one of the main posters is just a woman in the ocean the sharks coming up and then the second poster was them all running away on the beach as this massive sharks coming out the water so it makes you think that's going to be the whole film but the only time you see sharks is at the end really and then there's just a really weirdly animated one that's just in the air smiling that's yeah. very unsettling. <laughs> it's very strange. Great. Anyway, what's your excuse, Luke, for making a sit through two headed shark attack? Oh, um, God. <laughs> well, I sat through two headed shark attack, three headed shark attack, five and six. Um, yeah. I watched. I watched all of them. Uh-huh. Um, and two headed shark attack was a film I watched when I was in uni. Um, Asda was selling it. I bought it. It is the Asda Jaws, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Jaws at Asda. that's that's joke of the day Brian (laughs) (laughs) this film is starring um, you know Mr America himself uh, Hulk Hogan's daughter so that was fun to watch her you know try her best I don't even think she was trying her best Carmen Electra is Hulk Hogan's daughter no Brooke Hogan the girl whose face doesn't move and she's like I'm so angry and I'm going to fix the beer I quite liked how mardy she was though that was quite fun she was She's Hulk Hogan's daughter. Of course she's fucking Marty. Have you seen him? Again, like the kind of improvisation that the actors have to do. I was intrigued by the bit where like one of the jock guys, you know, there's those fish jaws that have been mounted on a shed wall or something. Mm, And they're hanging around and he puts his arm in. He goes, oh, look, it's got my arm. And everyone laughs. It's like, was that actually written down in the script? Or were they just asked to improvise and that was literally the best they could... I don't, I don't think there was any improv in this film because it was so school play-like. So you think that bit was written? I think so. Because wow. he had a lot of like jokey bits that were funny. <laughs> I kind of assumed that some of it was written down and other bits they'd just written random jock country. And, yeah. You know, yes. <laughs> it's the only way to describe what they were doing. Um, do you want an acting fact? An acting fact? I've got an acting fact. I'm going to play the full jingle ahead of this because we haven't had the full <laughs> jingle since, you know, ages. <laughs> fun so the professor i was like he looks very familiar um and i thought he was a man but he wasn't the man he's the twin brother of the man who's in sliders what is sliders (laughs) (laughs) aren't sliders small hamburgers i'm confused (laughs) no sliders was a was a short-lived american sci-fi drama about of course it fucking was (laughs) 
but I mean, he was also in like Scream and shit. But he went with sliders. <laughs> you know, B movies where he's like, he plays a douchebag a lot of the time. And I was like, I'm sure. He, and I was looking him up and I was like, none of these films I'm really certain this man has been in are coming up. And do you know why? It's because it's not him. It's his twin brother. So right. they couldn't even get the other B movies. Yeah, that's my fact. <laughs> um, what does uh, the shark having two heads bring to this movie? <laughs> I mean, nothing. Absolutely fuck all. No, I quite liked it because I, when I was watching it, I think I'd completely checked out mentally by this point, and it was just like, oh, hello, I'm a shark. Oh, I'm also a shark. Oh, ho, ho, we're going to eat that lady. Do you want to eat her too? Oh, yes. So I was giving them little voices, so they're little mates. It's quite Are nice. they two separate entities, or is it just one entity? Yeah, they both, they're like combined twins. They've both got their own voices and personalities. They just share a shark body. But you're just making that bit up in your head, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the only thing that made this film watchable. They're like, ha ha, I'm going to eat the coral and make the building go away. Because if that's true, I actually want to see the ones where there's more shark heads because I want to see if they develop this. So they've all got different. So there's like like, the sexy one, the funny one, the one that wisecracks, the one that's got Tourette's syndrome. I would watch that. (laughs) I'm sorry to break it to you, but they don't do that with the other four films. Well, this franchise is dead to me. That's all I I mean. (laughs) I mean, it might as well have two dicks for all the difference it makes. Well, it might have, might well have two dicks. We just don't. I don't think sharks have dicks, do they? I think they must have. Well, yeah. yeah. It comes out of them. Um, it goes. Yeah, backwards. it goes somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, like a dolphin. A dolphin kind of pops out, doesn't it? Oh well, yeah. dolphins yeah. aren't fish, though, so it's different. Oh, all right, fair enough. <laughs> well, <laughs> willies are willy, isn't it? They, you know, the fish like. <laughs> dolphins famously rape swimmers. Mm. Dolphins yeah. are, are rapey and creepy as hell. Yeah, they're all. Oh, they're horrible. Many- there aren't many horror movies about dolphins. I'm sure there probably are yeah. some, but... Yeah, they don't get many people wanting to swim with rapists, but, you know, everyone's with <laughs> dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our attention to what's going on from shark attacks to dolphin rape. Brilliant. <laughs> Turning our attention to more serious efforts now. The Shallows isn't the only film to feature characters trapped by sharks in the open water. Like, for example, 2004's Open Water. Um, I don't know why I said it in such a cheery voice. It is a horrible film. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a true story, isn't it? It's true, true story. Really horrible situation. Love it. It is. It's <laughs> very, very bleak. But this one probably suffered from the fact that I thought the characters were absolute dicks, especially the guy. The bit where you thought he was dead and then he wasn't. I mean, obviously later he is. But you just just like, yeah, funny. Shut up, the horrible, whiny, yuppy asshole. But no, it turned out he wasn't dead. But it's just... That's interesting because I, I'm normally quite averse to horrible characters in films, but I just think the situation they're in is so tragic that... Oh, it I, is a tragic situation, but why does it take him a good like three or four hours to get to the screaming stage? I have to say, it's been a while since I got stuck out at sea after being abandoned <laughs> by a, a ship that I was scuba diving off. But I, I, their reaction just didn't feel very strong. I mean, I suppose there was kind of panic involved. But... And denial and all that. No, they're in the sea, Cliff. They're in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, joke number two. It's the second best joke of the day. <laughs> but I suppose it's just, I would say it's because I guess they just thought the boat would come back. You know, I mean, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, they did, yeah. And that's, it's, it basically, what it plays out like is a really, really sad episode of Watchdog. <laughs> what, with Lynn Foldswood and John Stapleton? Yeah. Just a badly recorded reenactment. Yeah, exactly. Watchdog. 
<laughs> yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Annoying Smug Yuppie Wamker from upstate New York didn't get what they bargained for on their holiday of a lifetime. Well, that was actually um, based on an Australian case, wasn't it? The actual Australian film, The Reef, attempts to do an open water with twice as many people stuck in the ocean after their boat sinks. I think this is the big difference is that they've got a plan to actually swim somewhere safe, so it's not as hopeless a situation and therefore not as good a film. I, oh, no, I, like, I like the reef. I thought it was good. Yeah. You see the hopelessness kind of playing out and the way that they kind of fluctuate between we can make it to, oh, shit. Yeah. And that first guy that gets bitten, the way that that's done is brilliant because you don't have like, oh, no, there's a fin. You just have, he just disappears and he comes back and there's blood. And they're all like, well, you can um, swim over here. And he's like, it's not worth it. My leg's yeah. gone. And it's that's so grim. This is why you just don't go swimming, go for a walk. I like the way it looks. It's very blue. I like the colour mm. blue. And uh, <laughs> the, the sea, the, yeah, the, the ocean is uh, suspiciously clear. It does look like it was shot in a swimming pool. But maybe that's just what this... You know what? I've been to Gold Coast and I didn't go in the water. It's mad. Why did I not go in the well, water? Because you're sensible. Because you don't want to get bitten by a fucking shark. Go see the penguins. <laughs> that's a different country. But like, go see something else. Yeah, they don't have penguins in Gold Coast. <laughs> no, it's, um, <laughs> but no. I think they mixed the shark footage and the actors' footage quite well. Yeah, the sharks were actually shot fifteen hundred miles away. <laughs> so it's pretty good. Yeah. But... Oh yeah, they were in like a sea life centre in Adelaide or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then... Well, you don't have to be stuck on the surface of the water to be in trouble, as we've seen in the self-explanatory forty-seven meters down. I don't know why I look at these films with too much of the realism of it and if people dropped that far they wouldn't be able to hear they've got microphones and earphones haven't they? no I'm saying their ears would pop oh so badly from dropping that far that you wouldn't actually be able to hear well I, I I'm wary about saying this because I don't want to say that women should shut up or anything like that that's not, <laughs> not where I am if you have to start the sentence like that Chris. if you're running low on oxygen then shut the fuck up don't give a fucking running commentary on every little single little thing that happens or scream <laughs> each other's name repeatedly yeah or have a conversation about hey this is why I'm sad about leaving my boyfriend because I'd never be as good as you. And you're like, shut up, guys. It's not the time you've got no oxygen left. Yeah. It wouldn't make for a good movie, but if they would have just sat there and just, you know, they would have got someone to save them eventually. So you just go, like you say, why, why do you keep talking and doing all this? Mm. They know exactly where you are. They'll send someone down or the coast cold will get you, but if you just shut up and save your oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> However, I did kind of like the bit of a twist at the end for what it was worth. It was like... Oh, a... yeah, that was really bleak. Because that's what I don't like is like when it gets... I'm, maybe I'm getting too old and crotchety about it. I want, I want bleakness. I, want it to, I don't want a happy ending. And then no. it's like the happy ending. I'm like, oh, God, another happy ending. And then it kind of turned out that it wasn't, which was cool. I quite like that. How yeah. many times do we have to be told that if they go up too fast, they'll get the bends? I think it's mentioned on four, at least four occasions. Yeah. There's only one shot in this that I really like, and it's the, the flare shot when she's swimming and there's like three sharks surrounded her when she puts the flare on. Mm. Yeah, that that works as a shot, but then when the Coast Guard people turned up, there didn't seem to be any sharks around anywhere. It was a bit, well, where are they now? Do they yeah. only eat scared sisters? Is that what they do? <laughs> you know, it was a bit strange like that. All right. Um, another common place to be trapped with sharks is a supermarket that's been flooded by a tsunami, as in 2012's <laughs> Bait 3D. Bait's just, it's just, it's just silly. Yeah. It's got sort of proper silly disaster movie vibes to it. Yeah, it's quite fun. I kind of wish I had seen it in 3D and normally I can't stand watching 3D but there was a lot of like legs thrown towards the camera. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice and gory. No two people get killed the same way. And I think even the CGI sharks look quite good in this one because the detail is good enough. There's a, a CGI eel that's in your 3D face, and that does look <laughs> silly. But I think eels are probably, you know, they require a bit more detail than a shark, which is a strange, smooth fish. 
as opposed to a weird wrinkly worm fish. <laughs> it's like David Attenborough's here, isn't it? <laughs> Surely he could do an eel just with like a pair of tights or a sock. A couple of googly eyes. Yeah, so much <laughs> unnecessary CGI. You could, it's much better to just use a sock. That's the worm. <laughs> well, we've barely mentioned, or we haven't mentioned at all, a little film called Jaws. What needs to be said about Jaws? Absolute classic, yeah? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Still holds up. I was a bit obsessed with this when I was a kid to the point where I used to nerdily watch it whenever it was on TV and moan about the bits of gore that they'd edited out. What? They never edited any gore out. They did on the telly. No. Well, I never got Jaws as a kid on ITV. I got Jaws for the Revenge on ITV too. They didn't have a show Jaws. It was always Jaws for the Revenge, and I was so annoyed. I've never seen Jaws for the Revenge. Oh, it is terrible. Yeah, it's it's mm. pretty bad. It's good that Michael Caine's in it, and, you know, the fact it's in the Bahamas, but the whole concept of it, a shark seeking revenge and swimming down from America to the tropics of the Bahamas, it's just quite ridiculous. But There's that lovely quote from Michael Caine where he says, mm. I haven't seen Jaws 4, but I have seen the conservatory it's built, and it's very lovely. <laughs> they got a whole house, not just a conservatory. It was a... I've seen the house that it bought. Why am yeah. I thinking? Of, I just I like to think of Michael Caine in a little conservatory. Your expectations are much lower than Michael Caine's. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I was rich and famous like Michael Caine. I could buy a conservatory. <laughs> Have a Vionetta every day. It's not my fault. I'm down to earth and I misremember quotes. So when I was a teenager, I wrote a letter that was published in Empire magazine because I'd been watching Jaws and I noticed in one scene on the Orca, um, I think uh, Brody says something and then there's this like really funny fart noise. goes, And so I, I, for some reason, wrote to Empire magazine said, after Brody says this, he farts. And they published it. I mean, I don't know if they were desperate for letters that day. But um, the following issue, someone replied saying, oh, it's just another reason they needed a bigger boat. That's how comedy <laughs> timing works in those days. You had to wait a month for the punchline. But, so I tried to find that clip. And I watched the whole Orca sequence twice over to try and find it. And I just cannot find that fucking bit anymore. Is this like when he re-edited E.T. and took the guns out? Oh, it could <laughs> be, couldn't it? <laughs> Went back and he was like, oh, I'm going to take the fart out. And kids today don't want to hear that. Yeah, it could well be. Or, or just like the sound mix back in the mono TV, you know, VHS whatever mm. days. Uh, it just sounded like a fart. And now that you've got proper surround sound, it doesn't sound anything like a fart. Um, <laughs> so I googled Jaws fart. <laughs> and on moviemistakes.com uh, someone mentions that this is not what I wrote to Empire about someone's written this on moviemistakes.com at the bear in mind movie mistakes there's a mistake in this film apparently at the point when the orca breaks down Roy Scheider Richard Dreyfus, and Robert Shaw are stuck out in the ocean with the shark Robert Shaw goes back into the boat to get some life jackets. As he comes out, he throws the life jackets to the others. If you turn up the sound very loudly at this point, you can hear Robert Shaw fart. You can only hear it if you turn up the volume. Robert Shaw then walks off the edge of the boat with a smirk on his face. He shouldn't be doing this when it is clearly now do or die for the three of them. <laughs> I would believe that it would be Brody that was farting rather than Clint. Well, it's not the same fart I heard. So I went to that scene that is mentioned on Moving Mistakes and I turned up the volume at the relevant part and this is what it sounds like. Robert! 
it's quite a fart. It's not the one I mentioned to Empire, though. But anyway, there you go. <laughs> well, it was a stressful situation out there when you walk in. There was probably yeah. a lot of farting. Yeah. So. He could have IBS. His mm. anxiety as, uh, you know, about the shark coming along could have flared it up. (laughs) (laughs) Released the same year as Jaws, in a frankly lousy attempt to ride that wave, was William Greffe's Mako, Jaws of Death. Um, (laughs) William Greffe often turns up on the list of worst ever directors on the basis of Mako. Do you think that's fair? Yes, that is very, very fair. It's not a good film, but it's kind of interesting in the way that sort of cheap films of a certain era kind of are. Everyone in it, apart from the main guy, who is properly going for it acting-wise, no matter how ridiculous the rest of the film is, but all the characters in it that aren't sharks or him are dickheads. And it's very much kind of like, why are people interfering with the natural world? This is cruel, this is terrible. And then there's the scene where his his shark friends have been killed by the scientists. And it should be ridiculous, because the special effects are ridiculous. The little baby sharks that look like really big, like wrinkled sardines... (laughs) That's just like, well, that's ludicrous. But because the guy, and I've forgotten what his name is, I did look him up, I think he Richard did Richard Jacob. Yeah. He, he really sells it. You, you really feel his kind of pain there. You really feel his kind of like, I tried to make things better for the sharks and the sharks are good and all these people fucked it up. That, I thought his acting was terrible, but most people, looking at reviews, most people think he's really good in it. But I thought it was terrible, especially the bit where he has that breakdown and he's crying, like holding a fish in both hands and dropping to his knees going, <laughs> That's what I was talking about. Awful. Yeah, he's got, he's got a wrinkled up dead baby shark in both hands. It, it, it's ridiculous, <laughs> but he really sells it. It might just be because he's the only character in it that's kind of nice and you think that the lady in it is going to be nice as well but it turns out that she's not but she does rock a leather halter neck top in the summer in florida which not even Cher would have gone for in the 80s (laughs) i do like the um campy elements i like the idea of this bar having a water tank in a window behind the bar so that people can drink their beer and watch a showgirl swimming around in a tank. Yeah. I mean, Except she, she looks though. like she's kind of flailing a bit. She's not doing sexy swimming. She's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's an interesting film, this, but not a good one, I would say. Well, it depends how much you want to see Odd Job from Goldfinger in just his pants, really, isn't it? <laughs> oh, 100%. When he's having an argument with Matilda the shark, I find that more hilarious than anything because oh, it just that's... keeps going to shots of the shark swimming. You have no idea what the shark's saying back. And he's like, no, don't say that. Uh, this might shock you, Luke. The shark ain't saying nothing. I know. <laughs> it's just as well I enjoy the sight of water turning red in these films because there's a lot of that in Mako, and that's the best thing. There is a lot of that, yeah. It's the best thing apart from the line, you are a sickie. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's amazing. <laughs> it's like, what is a sickie? That's almost like the sort of thing a grandma would say. Yeah. It's like years and years ago, my ex's parents, who were absolutely adorable, they were like sort of like older mum and dad, so they were like in their 80s, whereas at the time my parents were in their 60s. And um, she got annoyed one day at something that he'd done, which basically he'd bought too many donuts, and she just went, Terry, you're a chocolate face. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a sickie sounds like the sort of thing that she would say. Emily, though, was, was Terry black? <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> that would have made it all so much more fun (laughs) so I was just like oh that's a bit of whimsy and then I was like oh no wait that might be yeah I can (laughs) did Cliff just ruin your whimsy yeah (laughs) oh he does that it was weird that there was that stand up comedy routine in the middle of the film where the comics just die in a death but it's not even part of the plot it's just like they needed a stand up comic and he was the best they could get and he wasn't funny I guess (laughs) 
It wasn't even meant to be part of the film. They just got the camera out quickly while this guy was dying on stage. I thought, oh, I've got to film this. We'll use that. Maybe he was a mate of the director's. This is going to be my big chance. You capture it forever as part of your movie. Okay, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> All right, well, if there is a big film to rip off, then you can rely on the Italians. Uh, the one we've gone for is Bruno Mattei's Cruel Jaws, which was infamously released as Jaws 5 in some countries. I love that they decided we're going to rip off Jaws, but we're going to add in the bits that the Jaws film didn't want to do, because in the original Jaws book, it's where there is mob bosses and there is Oh, really? Is that where it comes from? So instead they were like, oh. Jaws didn't do it let's put it into this right oh I didn't realise that was in the book yeah it's in the book originally I did wonder that because it was like you said so much of it was just like uh, ripping off Jaws but then why would you put these other bits in it's like I want it to be like Jaws but no I'm going to put this it was very strange yeah it doesn't make sense well it reminded me a bit of you know in the big fat quiz of the year where they get those primary school kids to reenact a scene from the news that year or whatever and they do a really bad job of it it was like getting some really shit actors to reenact Jaws from memory um when I was a teenager at school, we spent a whole lunch break, me and my mates, reciting the entire script of Robocop from memory, and it was better than this. <laughs> <laughs> they don't use any of their own shark footage. I think it's Jaws 2, Jaws 3, mm. an Italian shark movie, and then I think it's one other shark movie, like none of their footage at all. Yeah. And why, when Jaws is so famously about Great White, does it have the line, there's only one type of shark that could have done this? A tiger shark. Yeah, all the footage is of a great white shark. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a hot mess, this film, really, isn't it? You talked about Hulk Hogan's daughter. The dad in it that owned the theme park, he looked like Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like a sort of off-brand Hulk Hogan, like the sort of Hulk Hogan you buy down the market kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, on IMDb, it actually lists Perry Pickenon from Cannibal Holocaust as uh, one of the actors in it, but it says brackets unverified. And I think they just got confused with the guy who looks like Hulk Hogan. There's that one scene, which is out of nowhere, where the family turn up because they've, they've heard that there's yeah, a shark on the, the island. The British family. Oh, that's And the little, the little boy goes, aren't we going to see the shark? And the dad just says, shut up, and slaps the son round the face. And I was like, what the hell's just happened? <laughs> I love that bit where the woman's so scared that she just, like, pours petrol over everyone. <laughs> amazing (laughs) and do you think the script said insert John Williams music here and then they just put the wrong John Williams music (laughs) they put the rip off Star Wars theme instead (laughs) Star Wars music but not (laughs) it's like Star Wars mixed with Raiders of the Lost Ark (laughs) (laughs) that's brilliant (laughs) <laughs> so I found um, the vinyl is called Star Wars Sounds but I found that and it is just like club remixes but that track is on there and it's oh, really oh, weird amazing. that someone else made it but it's not John Williams making it it's someone else was it made for a Star Wars ripoff? I think it was meant to be made for Star Wars they didn't use some of it and then it just somehow got into public domain and then Cruel Jaws was just like, oh, we can use this. There is some original shark footage in this. Um, it's because they did make a model, but it's, it doesn't move. It looks like it's got locked jaw. Is it the one that comes out of the water? Yeah. And it just has its mouth open. Yeah. Is that, oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, I was so confused by that because they kept, they kept showing a shot of a man swimming away from it. 
And I was like, this isn't any of the other people that have been on the waveboards <laughs> for this part of the film. So I was really confused. I just assumed that this was another one of those sharks that was being a prick, so it just kept its mouth open all the time. Does he think I go around going, <laughs> Maybe not sound quite as much like Blakey from on the bus. <laughs> definitely do. That's what all sharks sound like. Sharks definitely sound like Blakey. That's a, that's a, that's a mashup I would watch. I'd be <laughs> And we'll finish up with a couple of movies that have a slight sci-fi bent to them, like 1999's Deep Blue Sea. Um, I was really disappointed that the theme tune for this wasn't... got that LL Cool J theme tune instead, doesn't it? The sharks have brains and they ate my bird. He's rapping in character as the guy that he plays He's in the, the movie, shark, yeah. which is great. Ladies love cool sharks. Yeah, I swear <laughs> he says the ocean is horny. It's definitely haunted, but yeah, that does sound like horny yeah. if you didn't know. <laughs> and the chorus is deepest, bluest, my hat, my hat is like a shark's fin. Well, I've watched the video for that. It's not, it's a swimming cap. <laughs> <laughs> I was assuming that the video would be him wearing a hat uh, that's literally just a shark's it's just a, It's just a Aww. black swimming cap. And and I don't understand why bald men have to wear swimming caps anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I've looked up photos of Duncan Goodhue. I could only find two of him in a swimming cap. So it does happen, but it seems a bit pointless. <laughs> It's like the way you said it does happen. <laughs> like some kind of mythical thing. It was like, oh, I've, I've seen a bald man in a swimming cap. It's like the Loch Ness Monster. There's like one no. photo that's all grainy. I've seen things, haunted things, what kind of thing. Bald men in swimming caps. It's like the scene in Black. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Bald men in swimming caps. <laughs> Come, Cliff, we have such sights to show you. Bald men in swimming caps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if it was Pinhead, I'd just be. This is me on holiday. I got through so many. I got through. I got through so many swimming caps. <laughs> and his hat would be like a shark's fin because it would have to like, have a bit to accommodate all the pins. Oh, we'd be awful at volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've, done, you've done it again. <laughs> oh, oh no! No tears, please. It's just a volleyball. <laughs> when you go on holiday with all the other set of bites, so that's what I mean. <laughs> the one warm and the teeth has just got a rocket lolly it's just like <laughs> <laughs> The one with all the shit in her face can't get through the airport security. She's like, oh, not again. Oh, yeah, it's been like a sort of police academy montage. Or like in um, Spinal Tap, where the bass player's got the quartet yeah, down the trousers. Where there's just like constantly cutting back to her, taking another piercing off and putting it Yeah, in and then one of the ones from the sequels, yeah, the, the CD one puts on like the Beach Boys and he does a little dance. <laughs> He's got like a Hawaiian shirt on. Yeah. There's the camera one as well, who's... Um, oh, yeah. I fucking hate sharks, man. I'd watch the shit out of this though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Anyway. Did anyone like Deep Blue Sea? Or... I used to really like it as a kid. I think it's it's just it's just silly fun. Like, it yeah. hasn't aged well. I think there's a good hour and 20 minute popcorn movie in there. The problem is it lasts for nearly two hours. Ooh. Yeah. It needs editing. Good in part, but ultimately... Mm unsatisfying well for me i mean i was so annoyed with it while i was watching it uh, when i was typing the title into my phone i accidentally put deep blue shit 
<laughs> That's the quote for the poster. They have made two sequels now have they? in 2018 and 2020. And uh, are they direct to video by any chance? Yes, they are. And oh, um, you have flying sharks at one point and uh, oh. baby flying sharks. But how many heads do they have? Oh, they only have one head. Do they come out of a Ouija board? No. Oh, God. Okay. All right. And that brings us on to our second feature from 2018. It's John Turtle Taub's The Meg. What's that? There's a monster outside. What you people discovered is bigger than we ever thought possible. How big is that thing? It was the largest shark that ever existed. A living fossil. Thought to have been extinct over two million years. Wrong. My God. It's Megalodon. He's kidding, right? <laughs> that thing's out there. You need to find it and kill it. Why don't you just put a tracker on it? Did you guys ever watch Shark Week? He looks heroic, but he's kind of got a negative attitude. Chew on this, you ugly. Some underwater pricks get stuck in their prickish submarine, so some other prick has to go and rescue them in his submarine and discovers that they got attacked by a megalodon. Uh, Bryony, you've never actually mentioned the Meg on this podcast before, and yet I feel like it's something you never stop talking about. <laughs> no, I only talked about it last week because I thought it was on the list, and because basically there was a time when Amazon Prime would just play that trailer over and over and over, so all in my head for ages was just... <laughs> Megalodon. Oh wow! Okay. Um, before anything, but the thing is, I watched the film and it wasn't as like funny. It's like there used to be an advert for Wix, and it basically the, the voiceover guy would go, "Yes, thank you, Wix." That's um Timothy Spall. No, 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 not not Timothy Spall. It's um Ralph Innocent from The Witch ah, and okay. The Office. Chris Finch from The Office. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, the way he says it, but me and my mates used to be obsessed with it. We used to just like walk through the house just going, Wix. And it was kind of like that with Megalodon. No, I've never seen it. I just really like the way um, Jason Statham um, says Megalodon. Says Megalodon, yeah. Um, yeah. What a film. Uh, How about so- if it was just a loop of Jason Statham, Ralph Innocent, and Timothy Spall, who used to do the Wix adverts, just saying a, a combination of Megalodon and Wix? <laughs> oh, I'd love it. I would, I would love it. That. Just yeah. over and over and over, hours, 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 yeah. hours and hours. I would really enjoy that. That would be a good film. It's just like, who do you think is going to come up next? Place bets now. And then, oh, it's Ralph Innocent. Right, what's he going to say? Is he going to say Megalodon, Wix, or <laughs> what, was, what was the tagline of Wix? I feel like it's just you just have to look for it, but it wasn't that. That was <laughs> LB. Sure is, it, like, is it something like, Wix. it's what we do? It's what you're after. We sell shit for your house, buy it now, you cunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's that why one. I don't work in advertising. <laughs> Apparently their motto is, it's got our name on it. That's it, that's it. That's oh. it, yeah. Wix. Wix. It's got a name on it. It's a big fucking shark. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind this film. Didn't mind it. I was um just obsessed with that one bit because you know when an advert is just so prolific, and I don't watch live television, so I don't get a lot of adverts. But Amazon Prime for a while made it absolutely impossible, and I was like, "Fuck off, Amazon Prime. Never going to watch it. Never. Gonna, you're not my real dad. I'm not going to watch the Meg. Fuck off." Um, so I watched the Meg. And, um, yeah, it's fine. There's a lady who has wet hair all the time. 
And I really like that because Jason Statham's like, she knows what she's doing. And it's like, it's because she's got wet hair. She looks like she's aware of the ocean because her hair is constantly wet. Why does Jason Statham sound like he's <laughs> failing to speak in a British accent? <laughs> but that's just the Stath. That's what he does. Just his voice. He just goes... <laughs> I don't get his accent at all. <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't like that in Crank, which I think is the only other thing I've seen him in. I don't think I've seen Crank. I've seen him in Lockstock and he's all like... <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure he's not That's... a dying puppy? <laughs> <laughs> With dementia. Yeah. Um <laughs> sorry, Emily. Um what's his voice? It's more like, oh I, I'm really good at this and you're all idiots and I'm a bloke and I've got to shoot the shark with my big bloke arms. Ooh, Megalodon. Hello, <laughs> it sound like you said Megalodon instead yeah, of Yeah, that's Paul's version <laughs> right there, isn't it? That's how I get my ladies in the bunker. I go, oh, look at my governor, Megalodonga. He's <laughs> doing Dad's army. Go on, set yourself. Go on, set yourself. Hey, shock. I never said I was an impressionist, but I thought I was pretty bang on. So, you know, you, do, you, do, you, try, and, you try and improve on that. Well, that's Jason Statham. What about Rain Wilson? I can't fucking stand Rain Wilson in this. It's like, I've mentioned before how much I hate modern American comedy. All this cunt does is stand around in a mucky baseball cap that makes it look like he still thinks it's rehearsals and just make little comments that aren't even funny. He gets paid to do douchey sort of... He does it in Star Trek Discovery when he plays Harry Mudd. He gets... It's just an easy paycheck. Sorry, there's a character in Star Trek called Harry Mudd. Yeah, he's a right old geezer. Yeah, as I said, it's just him playing a really easy character for him to play and just sleepwalk through it and get, you know, a house. And he gets to hang out with Jason Statham. It's it's not a stretch. I don't think he's a bad actor, but um, I do think this is a bad film. So I chose this because I thought it would be more silly fun than it actually is. I mean, as Bryony said, it's fine. It's just meh. It's not silly enough. It's, it's not it's silly not... enough, exactly. I enjoyed it. I found it enjoyable. Could have done with a bit more gore, I think, especially when he's swimming amongst all of those people in the South China Sea or whatever it was. I think surely he'd have a good yeah. chomp on a few more of them and he just didn't. Oh, that's so made me want to watch Piranha 3D. <laughs> like, which is absolutely filled with gore in a similar scene. Come on, you could eat so much here and he just didn't and I thought, mm. why, why not? But, but then again, I watched it obviously after some of the other films on the list and I was like, these special effects are amazing. <laughs> you watched it on the back of Cruel Jaws and Ouija Shark and I'm thinking, this is an amazing shark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was quite... Like you say, it wasn't silly enough or gory enough. It was kind of somewhere in the middle. I think that's the thing that annoyed me about it, because um, Eli Roth was originally meant to direct oh. this. Um, and then Can you imagine? You know, they had someone else bought on board, because I think with Eli Roth, he wanted to make it a really like gory shark movie. Mm. But I find it weird that Ben Wheatley is directing the sequel yeah. to this now. Mad. Yeah, what? I mean... It's called The Meg the Trench. And it's a folk horror. Oh, I don't know if it was. It's just a shark in a sensible jumper. <laughs> there's something strange in the woods. And yeah, there's, there's no sharks dancing around a maypole. And then like a naked shark comes and like whacks its fin against um, ben Jason Statham's door in the night. I'd watch. Um, if it means he gets more money to make more weird films, then, you know, fair enough. Don't the 
black actors in these films get bored of just playing the fool because I can't remember who the actor is in it but he's basically playing the same role as LL Cool J in Deep Blue Sea mm. it's just so tiresome I suppose so many times when you see black actors or black movies or whatever they are supposed to be this cool sort of rapper or street dude but then so maybe it's like well let's just make them a little bit nerdy for this I don't know but... oh it's not nerdy I mean if it wasn't a PG-13 rated film he'd be saying motherfucker all over the place <laughs> because <laughs> it's not a horror film but it's a very good parody film not another teen movie and there's a, a black character in that where he's like my job is to say damn shit that's yeah. whack yeah and to be the only and, <laughs> and to be the only black character in the entire high school yeah because the only bit where he got he got a bit emotional didn't he was when he was giving a bit of a lecture about these are my friends my friends and all that and i'm like oh finally you've got a bit of acting from him yeah well because the big lad got eaten by a shark and he was like ha, i can't they were making jokes and then like five seconds later i was like well maybe he's in shock or maybe this is a badly written film it is a badly written film that uh su yin she, she's like pulled up onto the deck of the boat and she's not breathing and then she wakes up it's like, oh, is that it? Where's the drama? <laughs> I hate her child. I hate the oh, child so yeah. much. I mean, th- this is the first time I've ever seen one of these Hollywood films where they have to appeal to the Chinese market. Hmm. Like they do these. Yeah. Like, it's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's yeah, very pandering. Just... Pandering. Yes, thank you. It's <laughs> what they like. Horror panda yeah. movies. That's what you need. Pandas killing people. Yeah, killer pandas. Oh, that would be brilliant. Imagine like all the fur with like blood and. Oh, I think you'd never get killed by a panda because they're so shit. They're really crap at doing. No, they're only shit they? at sex. They're quite good at killing. Oh, really though? I mean, they just sort of like, they sit there and they go, "Oh no, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'm not too tired. I'll do a murder later." Is that what we're doing, episode sixty-two? Then panda. Yeah, panda. Yeah. Good, good, good. Because I'm sick to the gills of hearing about sharks. Uh, let's play <laughs> Scary Noises. <laughs> Nick, you're on team with Bryony. You're playing against Luke and Emily. Here's your first pair of Scary Noises. I, I don't believe my son had anything to do with it. He was a very good student. I, I mean, he couldn't possibly have killed all those people. At that distance, people have told me that it is physically impossible. Now, there might, there must have been a lot of people firing. Bryony. Is the music Deep Blue Sea? Uh, it is, yes. Cool. Did you get um, the dialogue? Uh, curse of the Worried Mum. <laughs> no, <laughs> Curse of the Worried Mum, no. No? Luke and Emily, can you get the dialogue from this? I, I don't believe my son had anything to do with it. He was a very good student. I mean, he couldn't possibly have killed all those people. At that distance, people have told me that it is physically impossible. Now, there might, there must have been a lot of people firing from those roofs. I have no idea. No, no, it's God told me to. Yeah. All right, number two. I was just checking to see if the accommodation can exceed your expectations. You know goddamn well they are. What do you want from me? No, no, no. What do you want, Mr. Henslin? You sought this room. I was doing the job. I beg your pardon. My job, I'm a role yeah, like. uh, The dialogue is 1408. Yes, it is. <laughs> and then music. I'm going to go, oh, no. I was going to go Mako, but I don't think it is. It is not, no. Nick and Bryony, can you get the music? I was just checking to see if the accommodation can exceed your expectations. You know goddamn well they are. What do you want from me? No, no. What do you want, Mr. 
insulin? You sought this room. Nice job. I was doing the job. I beg your pardon. My job. I'm a robot. Oh, that's right. You don't believe in anything. Cruel Jaws, no? Yes, it's Cruel Jaws, yeah. Hey! <laughs> Amazing. Uh, number three. Come on, Come on, no. I'll leave and you stay. We'll see who gets No, I, I haven't got the time. I, I believe you, I do. Yeah. But science won't just take our word for it. Don't you see these things? Uh, the dialogue is Mako. Yeah, and the music? I uh, don't know because I got excited that I got the dialogue right. <laughs> Luke? Uh, it sounds like an 80s film, but... I- I can't think. Well, Saturday Night Fever. The 70s film Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> That's yeah. not a horror unless you're scared of John Travolta's chin. It gets stabbed on the dance floor, so you know. I'm going to class it as a horror. Right. Uh, Nick and Brian, you get the music. I'll leave and you stay, we'll see. You know, I, I haven't got the time. I, I believe you, I do. But science won't just take our word for it. Don't you see? These things have to be done. Laboratory. Oh, crap. Laboratories. Sharks don't act normal. Tanks, man. You understand that? Creek creatures, they gotta live free. They're kings, kings! No. No. Okay, it was uh, The Beyond. Oh. Ah. Right, halfway stage, it's two all. It's number four. Nice. This is sweet. Oh, I see the pool. Let's go get the rest of the stuff in the car. Yeah, I think that was Briony first. Ouija Shark was the dialogue. Yeah, any idea on the music? Um, the music was, uh, I don't know, some, some 90s thing. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I wanted to shout Ouija Shark because we all yeah. seemed really excited about that one. I was hoping I would get a Ouija Shark thing, but you got in before me. I'm very upset with myself. <laughs> oh, mate, you just have to listen for the most banal, boring dialogue about <laughs> bullshit. Let's hear fully 23 seconds of that banal bullshit dialogue. Uh, Luke and Emily, can you get the music? Nice. This is sweet. Oh, I see the pool. I've got all my stuff here already. If you guys want to go get everything set up, I can make you some drinks. Me? Uh, sure. There should be a bar around here somewhere. Oh, no. I feel like something you've got me. It's, it's dragging me towards the pool. The horror. The horror. She said she wanted to get wet as soon as she got here. Emily Luke, any idea on the music? No. Okay, I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, number five. And that was Low Shoulder. Band who became unlikely heroes of the tragedy in Devil's Kettle last night. Yes, I went... The dialogue is Jennifer's body. Hold on, yeah. Music? I don't know. It was kind of low and synthy. Uh, Luke? It was bubbling. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Jaws in Japan, but I don't think it is. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, Nick and Bryony, can you get the music? And that was Low Shoulder, the local band who became unlikely heroes of the tragedy in Devil's Kettle last night. Eyewitnesses say the boys helped numerous people escape the inferno, risking their own lives in the process. That's rock and roll with a conscience, ladies and gentlemen. And guess what? We are honored to have Low Shoulder in the studio right now. Bait? Not bait, 47 meters down. Uh, So it's three all with one to go. Who's going to win? Here you go. I want you to know, the woman you killed, her name was Julie, and she was a friend. I didn't kill anyone. It makes no difference. She died during your robbery, so it's your fault, you bastard. If we get out of here alive, I swear I'm going to make you fucking pay. No one jumps in. It's the music, the reef. 
It's not the reef, no. Two-headed shark attack. It's not it, no, no. So the music was from Ghostwatch, and the dialogue was from um, Big Freddy. Ah. All right, so at the end of that, wow, it's three all. that's put me in the mood for some fish and chips so let's reel things in nick thanks for joining us hope you had a good time i did it was very amusing watching you all (laughs) (laughs) and have you got anything you want to plug before we go well i think the only thing i should really plug i mean there's a number of things but let's stick to brighton fringe uh throughout well i think the first couple of weeks of may i am doing the shark show at the at the temple so uh i'll leave it at that since it's the shark podcast i'm obviously briony won't be coming because she hates sharks, but... I mean, I like you. I like oh. you. I just fucking hate sharks. <laughs> okay, I won't put a shark suit on then. <laughs> no, please don't. Uh, next month, we're going a bit gothic again as Emily's picked Frankenstein for February's theme. She's chosen 1935's Bride of Frankenstein as one of our features. Now, obviously, normally, the winner of Scary Noises gets to choose the other feature, but as it's a tie, I get to choose. And I am going to choose Flesh for Frankenstein. Yes. Okay. Well, that's what we'll do then. Bride of Frankenstein and flesh for Frankenstein. Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. That's it. Unless Luke wants to talk about Pez dispensers for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Have you got any of the giant Pez dispensers? I always wanted one of those. Uh... I don't know if you can see it. I've got that. Oh, wow. Yeah, large, SpongeBob. Yeah. Giant Pez dispenser. And so, does they make sweets that size as well? It's to hold your packets. So oh. oh. Well, that's that's everything ruined now. Right. Well, for more of this, um, but with, <laughs> with visuals, look at Luke's TikTok channel because he is the Pez dispenser influencer. <laughs> very true. Yeah, it's very true. All right, then. Come back next month when we'll be getting into the nuts and bolts of Frankenstein and his various creations. Until then, thanks for listening. (laughs) 